Good morning. Softball season has begun. And boy, oh boy, we'll have some fun. Our, our wonderful, our illustrious president often ridicules me publicly, privately, for my lack of athleticism. Mr. President, how was it when you made it to first base last night? <laughs> what, what does that feel like to hit the ball and make it all the way to first base? You didn't make it to first base. <laughs> but we love you. Okay. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. All right. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Luke chapter 5. I want to talk to you about the privilege of discipleship this morning. I'm going to take you to a place called the Sea of Galilee. We're going to watch the Lord Jesus Christ set out from the shore a little ways and speak to the multitude. We're going to observe as he calls his disciples. We're going to see what transpires. We're going to see the privileges that were theirs on that day and in the days to come, in the privileges which are ours as followers of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for desiring to incorporate the likes of us in your great plans, in your great purposes. We are nothing and you are everything. And yet through your Son you have desired to include us, to use us, to glorify yourself in and through our lives. And that continues to amaze me. It continues to astonish me. And I pray, Lord, that even this morning together in this room we would, we would get a, a glimpse of the privileges of discipleship that belong to us. Only because of your mercy. Only because of your grace. Not because of anything in and of ourselves, but all because of who you are. And for that, we just say thank you in Christ's name. Amen. When you come into Luke chapter 5, you see uh, the beginnings of Christ's ministry. At this point in time, he has been baptized by his cousin John. He has ministered publicly down in Judea and up in the Galilean region. He's ministered in Capernaum. He's cast out demons. He has taught with authority. His reputation is becoming known. As we come into chapter 5 of the book of Luke, uh, we discover that this is not the first occasion in which Jesus is interacting with his disciples, although we typically look to a passage like this for the calling of the disciples. There were at least two other occasions when he had interaction with his disciples. And so, the idea of them becoming disciples was not an instantaneous decision on their part. It was, a, it was a process, a process of getting to know who this Jesus was. It was, a, it was the result of a process of understanding his authority to teach the Scriptures. And as they recognized his authority, as they saw the miraculous, as they had that interaction with him on a personal level, it was through that process that they were called to be disciples. And here we see part of that process. We also see the privilege 
of being called a disciple. And, and if I could say this, the, the first privilege that you and I have and the, and the privilege that these disciples had, the first one is this, simply to be taught the Word of God. I'm going to share with you seven privileges of the disciple this morning. And the first one is this, to be taught the Word of God. Let's pick it up here in verse 1 of Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Gennesaret is another name for the Sea of Galilee. There was a community in the northwestern part of that region, and so here it takes its name, Lake of Gennesaret. But it's the Sea of Galilee. It's not really a sea. It's a large lake. You can look from one end to the other, from one side across to the other. But it's a, it's a very large lake. And much fishing was done in the days of the disciples, and much fishing continues to be done there today. My wife and I have had the privilege on two occasions to be out on the Sea of Galilee. And it was on my first occasion on the Sea of Galilee that I, that I meditated upon this passage and it's here that Jesus has come to the shores of Galilee. The crowds are enormous. This probably back in the days of Christ as is today, there probably wasn't a lot of shore space. Maybe a narrow shoreline and, and, then, and then the steep hills. And so the crowds are right there. And Jesus found it difficult to speak to them from the shore. And so what he does in verse 2 We see that he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And so he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, that's Peter, and prayed him or requested of him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And so that that setting out from the shore out onto the lake, that would have provided a natural amphitheater for his voice to carry we learned something of that during our corn boil upperclassmen, didn't we, as we were down on the river and we were listening to not only Pastor Mike Booker, but we were also listening to the Who and, uh, and others. The, it's the sound just carried across the, the river naturally. And so for Jesus to set out upon the lake, his voice would have carried wonderfully across that water and with the hills right, right behind the crowd, they would have heard clearly his teaching. He, he set out and he sat down and he taught the people. That's the first thing a disciple needs to wrap their minds around is the fact that Jesus wants to teach. And just as this original audience in this historical setting, just as they would have had the privilege of clearly hearing him, That's our privilege. We have the privilege of clearly hearing the teachings of Christ. That's what we do at New Brunswick Bible Institute. We share the teachings of Christ. We share the teachings of God. And you have the opportunity, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's in the chapels, whether it's in the quietness of your dorm room or sitting on a stump out in the woods, you have the the privilege of hearing the clear teaching of the Word of God. But don't hear it in its strictest academic sense as though you're a student needing to get the grade to get the paper. But hear it as a follower of Jesus Christ. Hear it as a disciple. Lord, 
What is it you have for me to hear today? What is it that you want me to know from your authoritative word today? That's the first privilege of a disciple. It's to be taught the word of God. The second privilege of the disciple that we see here is is to launch out into the deep and to experience greater opportunities with Christ than maybe you've experienced to this point in your life. Look at what happens here, picking up in verse 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, when he had finished speaking, when he had finished teaching, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft, for, for, for a catch of fish. They would take their nets that would be anchored on the edges of their nets and they would, they would take their nets and they would cast them out onto the water and the, and the, and the edges, the peripheral part of the net would, would sink down and, and hopefully you would cast it over a school of fish and the, and the nets would, would sink down and, and, and close up and then with a rope that was attached you would, you would pull the nets out and hopefully you would have a number of fish. Well, the disciples had been fishing through the night as was the custom. And so Peter responds in verse 5 and he says unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. So they've been fishing all night. They've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down thy net. Now I don't see this in the text as Peter arguing with Jesus. I just see him saying to the Lord, as a fisherman might say about his craft, we, we, we didn't catch anything last night. This is where we were, and, and we didn't catch anything last night. I, don't, I think the schools have, are running deep, or they've moved on. Now, the area likely where they were at is known for its, its springs of, of water that come up into the lake, and, and it's, a great, it's a great place for fishing. But the disciples, even in that area that's known for its fishing, the disciples hadn't caught anything. And you might be sitting here this morning, week number one as a Bible Institute student here, and you might be thinking, you know, up to this point in my life, I don't, I don't feel like I've had a lot of success in my journey. I don't feel like I've had a lot of, of catch, of fish. Maybe you haven't led someone to the Lord yet, and you can't really say, I've been a fisher of men. Maybe you haven't been walking consistently with God and and you would say, I don't have much of a track record. At that moment, the disciples didn't have a great track record of fishing, at least on that day. They had caught nothing. That doesn't mean Jesus wasn't willing to take them fishing. Imagine if Jesus said this to Simon Peter. Imagine if he said, Simon, tell me, what did you guys catch last night? And Simon says, nothing. And then Jesus says, well, then I'm not going fishing with you. Anyone else here know where the fish are? But that's not what Jesus does. Simon, let's go, let's go out deeper. Let's go further out than where we are right now. Let's launch out and cast the nets. And Simon would say, I don't have a very good track record. I mean, I've had better days than the day I'm having right now as far as fishing goes. 
And Jesus' response would be, it doesn't matter, I'm, I'm going fishing with you. You realize the privilege of discipleship is not only to be taught the Word of God, but it's to launch out with Christ. Not simply launching out for Christ. Jesus didn't stay on the shore and say, you guys go out in the deep and come back with what you get. He, he was with them. And that's His promise to you and I. He's not asking us to do anything for Him. He's asking us to do and to be with Him. There's an obscure little verse in chapter 12 of Luke. Turn with me there for just a moment. Well, when you turn to chapter 12, turn back to chapter 8, because that's the one I want to be at. Freshmen have heard this a few times this morning, haven't you? Turn to one passage, but that's not the passage. Turn to Luke chapter 8. I had the number 12 in my mind because he's here with the 12 disciples. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he, that's Jesus, went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Question, who's going out? Who's, who's the he, students? Who's the he? Jesus. Who's doing the work? Jesus. Who's leading the way? Jesus. And, and, and look at the next part of that. And the twelve were with him. They were with him. It's, it's about Jesus. It's not about the twelve. They, they were just with him. They're going out in the boat back here in chapter 5, and Jesus is with them. And the Lord is going to call many of you this year to a greater opportunity to launch out deeper than you've gone before. And it's going to look differently for, for you. doctor told me this would happen. Here's, here's the thing. It's going to look differently for, for each of you. Some of you, your launching out into the deep is going to simply be about learning how to cohabitate with a roommate in a dorm. Because that's an experience you've not had to this point. Uh, maybe you've been an only child Maybe you've been able to push your siblings out of your room. And maybe you've just been used to having it your own way. And so for you, the launching out into the deep is going to be not putting something under your door to let your roommate in, to keep him from coming in, I should say. That may be your launching out. For some of you, launching out into the deep is going to be your practical Christian service assignment, which will start up in just a few weeks. And you're going to be getting into a car with fellow students that you don't maybe have a friendship with yet as far as close friendship. And you're going to be going to a place that you've never seen yet. And you're going to be going to a group of kids in an Awana program or in a youth group setting. Or you're going to be going to a senior's home where many of them that you'll introduce yourself to won't remember who you are in another five minutes. And this is going to be a very strange experience for you. 
Because if you were at home, you wouldn't be doing this. You would be watching TV or, or playing Call of Duty or doing something for you because it's what you want to do with your time and with your resources. But here, we're going to be asking you to do something that maybe you've never done before. And it's going to be very, very stretching. And that's going to be your launching out into the deep. And you're going to have the opportunity to launch out with Christ. He'll never say to you, please go to your Awana group and I'll just stay here on campus and when you come back, let me know how that went. Now, if he were speaking to us, I'm quite sure he would say, I'm going to Awana. I want you to come with me. We're going we're gonna to let down our nets. I'm going to the seniors' home in Woodstock. I want you to come with me and let down the nets. I'm going to the Aroostook County Jail in Holton. I want you to come with me. I'm going to the youth group at the church up the road. And I know it's not the denomination that you've grown up in. And I know these are people that you're not accustomed to. And, but I'm going. Would you come with me? And that's, and that's what we see here. One of the privileges of being a, dis- a disciple is to launch out into the deep. For some of you, your launching out into the deep is going to be an act of obedience as you submit to the Word of God and you let God give you victory in some areas of your life where you've not known victory yet. Maybe there's an attitude. Maybe there's an action. And, and, you've, and you've had a bad track record in those things. Maybe you've come here and, and you look good on the outside, but on the inside you've been struggling with bitterness. You've been struggling with unforgiveness, with resentment. You've been struggling with with lust, you've been struggling with, with anger. And for you, the launching out into the deep is going to be that moment in which you say, Lord, I'm done with this. Your word tells me I need to be done with this. And so I'm, I'm, I'm giving this over. I am surrendering. I am submitting. I am yielding. Whatever word you want to use, I'm committing. I'm just giving it over. And, I'm, and I am forgiving. And I am going to be loving. And I am going to be pure. And I'm going to put into place some, 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 radical, some radical accountability that I've never put into place before. I'm launching out into the deep. It worked for the disciples because you were with them. And I'm confident that you're with me. That's one of the great privileges of discipleship is to be taught the Word of God and to launch out into the deep. And then third, to see God do what only He can do. Watch what happens when they launch out. Verse 6, And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. That's okay, they'll get a new one or they'll mend it. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. You talk about an object lesson. 
You talk, you talk about Jesus teaching them that, that without Him they can do nothing and with Him they could do all things. You talk about illustrating that in some very practical terms for some simple fishermen. Peter, let's launch out. I didn't catch anything there last night. It's okay. Okay, let's go. And then they caught so much that their nets broke and their ships almost sank and they couldn't do it alone. They needed others. One of the privileges of discipleship is getting to watch God do what only God can do. The explanation, every cause has an effect, right? The explanation for those broken nets and those full boats, the only explanation is God. It wasn't the timing because the best fishing in that area would have been at night. I mean, these were fishermen. They weren't fishing at night because they didn't know better. They were fishing at night because they knew that was the best time to get the fish. And now they're fishing in the day, which is not the best time to get the fish, and yet they're getting all the fish. So the only explanation is not their, their skill as fishermen. The only explanation is God. And my prayer, our prayer, collectively as a staff, for ourselves and for you this year, is that together we get to experience, as disciples of Christ, that we get to experience the things that only God can get the credit for. Wouldn't that be a wonderful year? To be able to write home, in, or Facebook home, email home, text home, and say, Mom, Dad, friend, you wouldn't believe what God is doing. And his mom or dad say, listen, son, listen, daughter, we're so, we're so proud of you for what you're doing. And your response is, it's not what I'm doing, it's what God is doing. I'm, I just get to be there. I just, I just get to, to experience the, the outflow, the blessing of what God is doing. So when that aunt or uncle says to you, Yo, oh, you're really making something of yourself going to Bible school. We're so proud of you. Your response is, I'm not making anything of myself. This is what God is doing. God is doing it. I, I, just, I just showed up at the right address on the right day, and I get to see what God is doing. That's one of the privileges of discipleship. It's never about what we do for God. It's always about what God is doing in and through and around and for us all to his glory. That's a privilege of discipleship. Number four, a privilege is to play a part in others seeing God do what only he can do. These other disciples that were called in, these other, I say disciples, these partners, as the word is used in verse 7, which were in the other ship, they were, they, were, they were called to come alongside and help get the fish out of the broken net and into the boats. So a privilege of discipleship is getting to show others or play a part in others seeing God do what only He can do. And so maybe there's going to be three of you going out to your practical Christian service assignment and, and, and maybe two of you in the car are bored. You feel defeated. You've not, you've not been having some good quiet times. You've not, you've not really been enjoying your relationship with the Lord. You've just been putting in, going through the paces. You've just been getting things done for the sake of getting it done and, and you just, you're feeling empty. 
You're, you're feeling hypocritical because you feel like I'm supposed to be leading this group that I'm going to, this youth group, and I feel like I've got nothing. I feel like I am nothing. I feel like I've got nothing. I feel like anything I do is just going to be a charade. Two of you in the car might be feeling that way. Two of you in the car might have had a night before without catching anything, if you know what I'm saying. But one of you in the car might be saying, you know what? I'm excited that we're getting to go and to see what God is going to do. And, and you're going to show up at that Awana, that nursing home, that jail, that youth group, and you're going you're to show up and you're, and you're not going to do it. You're going to get to watch God do it. As, as a life is transformed one at a time, as someone comes to Christ, as someone responds in obedience, as someone tells you a story about how they were kind to a sibling because of what you taught last week in your lesson in Awana, and, 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 and little by little, little by little, you're going to be seeing God working effectively, and you're going to be able to share that with others. Hey, guys, listen to what so-and-so just told me. When you, when you shared last week, it made sense, and he, and he took that biblical truth to the bank, and he cashed it. And, and he had something happen in his life this week that might not have happened if you hadn't taught that lesson last week. And so you're going to get the, the privilege of showing others what God is doing. It's, it's, it's a collaborative effort. You're not on your own. You're not going out alone. You're going you're gonna to get the opportunity to play a part in others seeing what only God can do. And then number five, this is where it gets real personal, you're going to have the opportunity to see who you really are as you see who Christ really is. Look at this, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knee, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter saw who he really was when he saw who Christ really was. When he saw Christ in his power and authority through the teaching and through the working, through his words and through his works, when Peter saw who Christ was, he saw himself for who he really was, a sinner. Students, my prayer for you is that you don't get lifted up with any measure of spiritual pride because you've had a successful night of fishing, a successful day of fishing as you go out from here. My prayer for you is that you don't feel like you're something because someone said, oh, that was, that was good ministry you had for us. I hope you don't get lifted up one inch and feeling pretty, pretty good about yourself. Oh, I'm the, I'm the man, I'm the man. No. Peter saw, when Christ worked, Peter saw himself for who he was. He says, I'm a sinner. Depart. But Jesus didn't depart. Watch Jesus' response. For he was astonished, this is Peter, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. Simon says, I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, Don't, don't you be afraid about that. I know who you are. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. I'm a sinner. 
I know who you are, Jesus would say. Don't be afraid about that. You just stay with me. And we're going to catch some people. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. The privilege of discipleship is seeing who we really are as we see who Christ truly is. A privilege of discipleship is experiencing God's grace in all of its abundance. God, I'm a sinner. And Jesus' response, don't be afraid about that. That's grace. Imagine if Jesus said, when Peter said, depart from me, I'm a sinner. Imagine if Jesus said, oh, you're right, you're a sinner. No, you depart from me. I'm taking the boat. That's not what Jesus did. He said, follow me. Peter said, depart from me. Jesus said, follow me. That's grace. And that's the same grace I hope you and I meet up with daily here this year. And then finally, number seven, a privilege of discipleship is the opportunity to refocus our priorities and our pursuits in this life in accordance to God's call. What did they do? They reprioritized. They refocused. They forsook all that they had and they followed him. They heard his words. They saw his works. They saw the authority. They saw the credibility. And they left everything. And they followed him. And that's my prayer for you. Let's pray. Father, the privilege that is ours as disciples of your Son Oh, that we might enter into those privileges even today and enjoy them to their fullest. We ask in Christ's name, amen.